Hello and welcome to the Culture Swally, a podcast dedicated to Scottish news and pop culture. My name is Nicky and I'm all by myself this week. As Greg and I mentioned on our last episode, we're having an extra couple of weeks off for the festive season to ensure that we come back refreshed and continue to bring you the best news and pop culture reviews from Scotland. But we didn't want to leave you without an episode this week, so we thought we would have a look back at some of our favourite news stories from 2022. Yes, that's right, just like last year, it's a cop-out clip show that you used to always get in American sitcoms. So if you've listened before, why not kick back and reminisce to the best of 2022? And if you're a new listener and this is your first time, this should give you a little taster of the kind of stories that we cover on the Culture Swally. So if you enjoy, please feel free to go and download the 63 previous episodes of the podcast. So without further ado, ah damn, I don't have Greg to do this. He always does this bit. Ah well, I'll do it today. Cue the jingle! Hello! This is the Outer Hebrides Broadcasting Corporation, and here is what's been going on in the news. Back in January on episode 44, we looked at the dystopian play for tomorrow, The Nuclear Family, where Gerard Kelly and his family decide to go on a working holiday. And also, on that episode, we met a couple who had a little bit of trouble finding a wedding venue. Why have you stopped? It's pointless. What? Let's work. It's pointless. Of course, that's how work's supposed to be. Oh, well, my next story is from the Scottish Sun this week, and it is about a Scots couple who have been left fuming, Greg. Absolutely fuming after venues and DJs refuse to play their wedding song. So Fletcher Irvin, 23, and his fiancée, Jensen Russell, had been hoping to feature... Tina Turner's hit Simply the Best on their big day. The couple from Bathgate, West Lothian, got engaged last July after five years together and they're planning their dream ceremony. Fletcher said that they're huge fans of the TV show Shit's Creek, which features an acoustic cover of the song by Noah Reed. Hmm. Another version of the tune is also played when the couple get married. Uh, as in, in Schitt's Creek, I think the, one of the characters sings it to his boyfriend and then they play it at their wedding. Right. So Fletcher and Jensen have been hoping to do the same, but have claimed they're not allowed because apparently it has links to the Ibrox Club. Posting a clip of the song on TikTok, Fletcher said, Absolutely raging that my fiancé and I both love this song, but we're Scottish so no venue or DJ will let us play this for our wedding. He later added, I've had a couple of people confused when you say that you can't play a Tina Turner song in Scotland, and the short answer is that Simply the Best is a song associated with one of the popular football teams here. But I feel like that doesn't fully explain the weight of the whole situation. Fletcher's video has racked up almost 500,000 views as social media users... Yeah, he's, wow. he's racked up half a million views complaining about this and uh, social media users are sympathising with the couple. But one person said, yeah, when I worked in a pub in Scotland, this song was banned from karaoke nights. Another wrote, ah ha 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 Same in Belfast. Um, meanwhile... <laughs> Meanwhile, a third asked, have you checked? It's such a lovely version. And so far from the original, I think they'd allow it. But not all Scots are convinced of this song's claim. 
One rule, of course venues will let you play it. I've been at loads of events when it's been played. I'm from Glasgow, and, and it was all mixed parties. Never a problem. I'd probably play it at the fucking lodge. Right? <laughs> I was going to say, I've been, I've been at loads of Masonic events where they play it. <laughs> a, second in, a second insisted. My sister-in-law got married in Edinburgh in November, and this was our first dance. Our first dance was fucking Simply the Best. Um, a third insisted, I'm from Glasgow, and I've heard Simply the Best played at hundreds of venues. <laughs> There's no way a venue wouldn't play it a private function. So uh, for our overseas listeners that maybe aren't aware, Simply the Best is blared out at Ibrox when the Rangers team take to the pitch at home games. A Rangers club spokesman has has previously said Simply the Best is a recognised club anthem. Uh, The track was temporarily withdrawn from the Ibrox playlist in 2001 after some fans corrupted the lyrics to include the line Fuck the Pope and the IRA. But now it's obviously back. Um, So (laughs) this poor couple can't have Simply the Best played at their wedding I mean first of all they're saying that they've asked a couple of venues and they won't play it I can only presume it's Celtic venues that they've maybe asked I I, I just yeah of course people will play it I mean yes it is a song that is associated with Rangers and when I hear it I probably do think of that well no I don't know if I do that much I mean simply the best it is a good song but yeah I do probably associate it with Rangers the same as probably Depeche Mode now I would associate with Celtic right um, so I can't listen to either of those songs now. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah. I mean, so this poor couple can't have this at their wedding. But really, simply the best. But I guess they're they're big fans of Shit's Creek, so they've they've seen it on that. And uh, can I just actually say, I mean, Fletcher and. Uh, Irvin, if you're no Jensen, Jensen. sorry, uh, it's Fletcher Irvin. Sorry, is his name <laughs> Fletcher and Jensen? If you're listening, don't copy stuff you've seen on TV. Yeah. You know, just because Noah and no, sorry, it's Patrick and David in Shit's Creek. Just because they get married to that doesn't mean you have to. I mean, I've, come up with someone original. I've I've never seen an episode of Shit's Creek. I I believe it's got Kevin's mum from Home Alone in it. Is that that was she in that? It's um yeah it's Kevin's mum and um <laughs> she will ever be known. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. Kevin's mum from Home Alone and Jim's dad from American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, um Kevin's mum from Home Alone also goes by the name of Winona Ryder's mum from Beetlejuice as well. I believe. <laughs> yeah. I think we watched a couple of episodes and it was okay. I mean, we watched a couple and then never watched it again. So yeah. I think that probably sums up what I think of Shit's Creek. What uh, I mean, obviously you got married last year, but it wasn't the wedding that I'm sure you both, well, I'm sure certainly the lovely Mrs. Kemp had yeah. in her minds because of the pandemic. Did you have a first, did you, were you able to have a dance? No? No, because I mean, we effectively we just, got married just at the courthouse and then just had a few friends back here. Right. We are still potentially planning a a full-on wedding. Yes. Um, We were hoping, you know, we had to cancel it again last year. We were hoping for this year, we're actually going to sit down and discuss it in the next few days of what we're going to do because, you know, it's August and we still don't know what's going to happen in the world then. Yeah. Um, So, no, we didn't have a a first dance then. And if you're going to ask what we would be doing, um, still unsure. Any songs? in mind any like a short list of songs yeah yeah i got a short list of songs in mind um but um yeah so um simply the best um (laughs) um, uh the european song 
by the 1983 Aberdeen FC team. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, We're All Going to Spain by the Crankies. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, we, my wife and I, uh, you may remember, or you may have nipped out for a cigarette when, it was, when we were having our first dance at our wedding, um, <laughs> uh, which is... Which is what I tend to do uh, when I'm at a wedding, unless I'm particularly closely related to one of the people getting married. Uh, we had uh, Al Green, Let's Stay Together, which mm. in hindsight, if you listen to the lyrics, it's not necessarily a, like a lovey-dovey song. Well, it is a lovely device, but it's not necessarily... Yeah. The lyrics aren't really in the vein of people that have just decided that day agreed to spend their whole lives together but it's got a nice tune so I thought it was a good first dance I was going to have Blackbird by the Beatles uh, for the first dance because my wife is West Indian but she didn't think she didn't think that was very funny and she she was going to have <laughs> at one point she was lobbying quite hard for Happy Day the gospel song Oh Happy Day Oh Happy Day Oh yeah I had to I had to use one of my vetoes and then no word of a lie right no word of a lie. She flirted with Ebony and Ivory by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I was like, Paula, if we have that as our first dance, all I'll see are my closest friends pissing themselves laughing on the side of the dance floor. So I had to use my second and last veto for that as well. So. See, I think you should have went with that just for the the, the laugh. That would have been hilarious. Just... Yeah, but, but, she, but Paula didn't want it to be funny. She wanted it to be sentimental and meaningful you know and the, and the thing is if i'd been like whisking my new bride about waltzing about the dance floor and i saw you and our mutual friends pissing themselves laughing i would have started laughing as well and no bride wants a hysterical husband for their first dance no bride <laughs> so i think we made, oh dear. i think we made the right choice yeah, I think you did. I definitely think you did. Well, there you go, um, uh, Fletcher and Jensen. If There you go. Ebony and Ivory, although they're both white. So that maybe doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, Ivory um, and Ivory. But there you go. I mean... Ivory and Ivory. What's confusing with uh, Jensen and Irvin, is it? Uh, it's Fletcher, Fletcher and Jensen. Right, so they've got second names as first names. Those are surnames. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the, the first gentleman is called... It's almost like they've got their names mixed up in a way. One's called Fletcher Irvin. Right. And his fiance Jensen Russell. Right. So you'd think it should almost be Irvin Fletcher and Russell Jensen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Russell... What a dance to Turner Tina. <laughs> Turner Tina. Best the simply. Um... <laughs> Oh well, well, like I hope, I hope they find somewhere. Do you think maybe? Do you think maybe some of these venues maybe using it as an excuse because maybe there's a wee bit of homophobia among the management that want to host a gay wedding? Maybe. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if some of the venues they've approached. I I, I wouldn't say so much maybe for that reason, but. How can I put this? They've maybe approached venues that one wouldn't play simply the best because they are Celtic yeah. venues, which would then lead to also the homophobia because they're obviously a Catholic venue. <laughs> so, so you're saying that all Catholic Catholics are homophobic? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that, Greg. Good luck, Fletcher. Good luck, Jensen. I hope you find the perfect song and you have a lovely wedding day. All the best from us at the Swally. I would do anything for a good old-fashioned plate of Scotch broth. Why don't you do any cooking like you used to? In February on episode 41, we covered the incredible Play For Today, Just Another Saturday. 
covering the events of an Orange March and featuring the wonderful biggin, Billy Conley. But before that, we heard about a dog walker who got a little more than he bargained for when he ventured into the woods. Hey, here he is, Lizzie. Defender of the faith, keeper of liberty and freedom, stalwart orangeman and stick swinger extraordinary. Well, the first one I've got um, is from the Scottish Sun on the 10th of January, so it's a couple of weeks old, uh, although it was it was updated on the 12th of January, so clearly there's been developments, <laughs> It's uh, and it's an exclusive to the Scottish Sun. It says, uh, shaggy dog story, cheating couple caught having sex in public, forced to pay shocked Scots dog walker compensation they fucking love a good head they love a headline in the scottish sun shaggy dog story i bet they were high-fiving all over the office when they come up with that it goes on a shocked dog walker stumbled across a cheating couple having sex on a pile of logs at a beauty spot scalfs fancy that right i'm going to fucking fall over myself here a couple of times milan spodniak i think i'm saying it right uh 41 years old and uh ewelina Stroichk, we'll say that, uh, 37, were caught in the act as they romped next to a public footpath. The disgusted pet owner called in cops and Spodniak, who lives with his long-term partner and the girl, <laughs> were traced and charged. Dad of three, Spodniak, his Portuguese partner and the girl all used to work together at a fish processing plant in Duns, Berwickshire. Last night, a worker there said this has caused a lot of grief and they tried to keep it hush-hush. <laughs> uh, Milan and Wilina decided to make up, uh, to meet up at a remote spot and they obviously got carried away. They should have been more discreet. Uh, Jebra Sheriff Court heard that Spodniak from Slovakia and Polish-born, uh, I was going to call her Lewina, instead of trying to say her second name, drove seven miles from their pads in Duns to Greenlaw Dean Farm, a popular hiking spot. Uh, prosecutor Joanna Waller said, The witness was walking his dog and saw the accused having sexual intercourse against a log pile. He changed his direction to avoid walking past. The couple briefly stopped what they were doing, but as the witness walked away, they just continued to have sex. On returning <laughs> home, the witness contacted the police. Uh, Spodniak and Lewina admitted indecent behaviour. This is back in September 2020. Sheriff Peter Patterson fined the pair £200 each, but they also had to pay the dog walker £50 uh, each as compo for being confronted with their 6pm bonk. Spodniak, who now works at a sawmill, still lives with his partner. So he's uh, she's obviously not chucked him out. I mean, I mean come on. I mean, how they how the carried away would you have to get to <clears throat> shag on a pile of logs? Well, however, they are having an affair, so and if they work in a fish factory, then they can't maybe don't have the disposable income to to go and pay for a hotel or something. So and they maybe can't go back to each other's apartment. So let's have it all fresco in the great outdoors. You've taken that as how desperate have you got to be shag on a pile of logs i've taken that as what a fucking wanker that dog walker (laughs) is if you see a couple shagging in the woods the first thing you do is you take your phone out and take a film or a camera and you send it to your mates you don't go home and phone the cops do you like that's oh i just hello police yes i'd like to report a crime okay is that a murder a rape a nonce at a school playground no I've just seen a couple shagging in the woods. <laughs> he's he's landed them in it. Yeah. They've been caught out of having their illicit affair, which 
is is you know he's commended for that because obviously we don't condone anyone having extramarital affairs or anything. But it, oh come on, mate, let them have a little yeah. woodland bonk. You know, they were maybe just pretending they were Ewoks or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean you're right. Just imagine the fucking Daily Mail reader out with his probably his pedigree dog that only drinks goat's milk and fucking you know what I mean. You know, and out there with his with his uh, wax jacket on and his all that, and confronted by a little bit of filth. That's <laughs> just like how how they stop, see that he's turned round, and just get back on with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, when we were lads, you'd be lucky if you found a scud mag yeah. in the woods. Whereas now, kids are getting a live action show. It's it's. The progression of time, mm. Greg. You know, we're living in the future. Kids are now getting live action shows in the woods. Uh, obviously, I, just a little disclaimer, I'm not saying that that's great to, for kids to actually see people shagging in the woods. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, obviously, it's wrong they're having an affair. I, oh, come on. Like, I, they had to pay him money. He got to see a live sex act for free, and then they've got to pay him for it. That's a bit out of order, surely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, can you imagine, I mean, seeing people having sex, even if you're not like a fan of like pornography, for example. Let's be honest, it is not the worst thing that you could stumble across in the British countryside. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You could stumble on a lot worse: satanic cults, a dead body, <laughs> plenty of worse things to come across that you could. But that you could bump into in the countryside in the UK. I mean, they had the the politeness to go out into the woods <laughs> rather than do a, a housing estate or in the middle of a roundabout or anywhere else. They they've gone there for some private time, thinking we're in the woods. No one's going to find us here. This fucking, as you say, Daily Mail reading, <laughs> wax jacket wearing, tartan bonnet wearing, busybody has been out walking his cocker spaniel, and he's been oh Hubert. Look at what that couple are doing. Attack. <laughs> yeah. and, Don't yeah. look, Hubert. Don't look. Turn away. Avert your eyes. We can't have your high-class pedigree sperm being corrupted by trauma. Chris <laughs> Hubert's having the time of his life. He's wanting to go up and lick the boy's <laughs> yeah. arse and see what's going on. He's like, oh, is that uh, fresh tuna that I can smell? Uh, because work they work yeah. in a fish factory, not... Not because, yeah, of anything else. Not because, not um, be- I, I, I not, don't know. I, not because I of poor that. feminine hygiene or anything like that. I'm sure Evelina keeps would, everything spick and span down there. Would this have made the paper if they hadn't been caught cheating? <laughs> if if it had been just a couple having sex, a married couple having sex in the woods, if if they had been gentry, yeah. you know, if, if they'd been um, uh, Hubert's dog breeders <laughs> having sex in the woods, would this Daily Mail read no, it? Wax jacket wearing busybody, you've been so. You'd have been, oh! It'd be like a, it'd be like a, a, a Jilly Cooper novel or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder as well, like, I wonder if. This doesn't really say what day of the week it happened on. I wonder if they've gone straight there from work. Because to your point, you know, I mean, I, I worked one day in Abacus Fish Factory in Mintlow in Aberdeenshire. And my. Oh. I didn't know this. I did one, did I did one yeah. day because I was new. I was in the summer holidays when I was at college. I was at the end of the conveyor belt. So you can imagine the fish comes in at the top. It gets filleted. The heads and scales and bones and fins and everything came down to me. I had to push them up. I had to like put them onto another conveyor belt that put them through a grinder to make, I assume, cat food and stuff. I don't know what else, you know. And my mother, when I got home, she made me get undressed 
at the back door in the garden because of the aroma coming off me. And like you're wearing like overalls. I had, I, had, I had the white wellies on. I had the overalls and everything over my clothes. It's obviously quite cold in a fish factory. It's got to be kept quite cold. And my, my clothes, everything, even my underwear and my socks reeked of fish. And I just... And I could never go back. <laughs> I never did. So I wonder if they've gone straight from work. Because to your point, you could be attracting all kinds of wildlife. You know, they could have been interrupted by a lot worse than a stuck-up Daily Mail reading fucking tweeds-trousered wanker. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what you're saying is they got off quite lucky <laughs> in terms of their, their little afternoon romance. I'm just saying, a lot more could have gone wrong. You're running the risk of scalfs on the log yeah. pile, marauding wild cats... Um, all kinds of things. <laughs> well, they should count themselves very lucky that they got off with a, a light yeah. fine. I mean, to be fair, they wouldn't have had to pay a marauding wild cat a 50 quid <laughs> fine for having to witness their sexual exploits against a pile of logs. Okay, Donald, you got Belly boys! Belly boys, on you go! In March, on episode 42, we dusted off our worst Scottish accents as we examined the 1995 film starring Liam Neeson... Rob Roy. But more important matters lay with a poor mother in Falkirk whose evening meal led to a massive disappointment. Love is a dunghill, Betty, and I am but a cock that climbs upon it to crow. Well, my first story comes from the Scottish Sun this week, and this is when we envisaged the Swally. This was the kind of story I I wanted to deliver. And I genuinely cannot believe this made national news (laughs) in Scotland. And it was in The Sun and it was also in The Daily Record. But I've I've taken the uh, the article from The Sun. A Scots mum has slammed a takeaway after it delivered her kebab with the wrong sauce, which left her starving. Uh, The woman uh, ordered a kebab from The Spice of Life in Lauriston, Falkirk, last night. Uh, Obviously not last night, but when this article was published. Um, She added salad, garlic sauce, and a tub of garlic sauce to her order, but was left disappointed when the order arrived. However, the takeaway has told the Scottish Sun that the customer got what she ordered. Uh, The customer, who is currently self-isolating with COVID, said that she called the takeaway about the mix-up and then broke down in tears. She ordered the meal at 7.30pm and she received a kebab about an hour and a half later with chilli sauce all over. The woman said that staff promised her they would replace this but uh, she was still left waiting until 11pm for a replacement. She ended up saying, I'm going to bed angry and starving. (laughs) On Just Eat, uh, she left a scathing review of the restaurant and gave the restaurant a one star for the food service and delivery time. She said, I ordered at 7.30. One and a half hours later, I got a call and uh, I got the kebab with chilli sauce all over it. I didn't even order chilli sauce. (laughs) I ordered garlic sauce. I put it in the comments. Of course, it's somehow my fault that they don't read the comments. They promised to replace, but it's been three hours now. It's 11 o'clock. I've got COVID. I'm isolating. I'm starving. And I have a child who should have been in bed not watching mummy cry over a kebab that none of us can eat. Why does... Why is your child still up? Why? What's this got to do with the situation that your child has got to stay up and watch you crying over a kebab? Even after I paid it to get an hour and a half to deliver, I made two calls. No one called me back. Awful. Never again. Uh, in a post on Facebook, the woman said uh, a replacement was never sent out. 
and whilst I was promised it twice, the kid had to stay up and wait for it. Yay. Why is your kid staying up for you to get your kebab? Uh, Anyway, she says, I went to bed angry and starving. My order doesn't say chilli sauce anywhere. I went to bed angry. So, yeah. Why is this national news that she ordered a kebab and she got the wrong sauce on it? I mean, when when I hear about a human being, like a human struggle like that, it really kind of puts things in perspective. You know what I mean? Like Russian troops in the Ukraine, bloody Mm. Saudi rockets getting fired at Yemen. But the real struggle is actually in Falkirk, (laughs) where a woman (laughs) who has got the right to get the right kind of sauce in her kebab, that's a human right, and these jokers in the spice of life just don't read her order properly, drown it in chilli sauce. Um, I suspect that there is more to this woman's melancholy than just the wrong kebab. <laughs> I do love a kebab with chilli, uh, chilli, uh, garlic sauce. Yeah. Love a kebab oh, with garlic sauce. But would you order it, like, you'd have to be pished to order that. Have you yeah. ever eaten a kebab sober? Well, it's impossible to eat a kebab sober. <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> I think, mind you, maybe after a few beers, but I yeah. did, I, I used to struggle in... Dubai, there was uh, a couple of kebab places, but it was mostly like chicken or beef kebabs. But I I found one place that did lamb kebabs, like proper donor kebab. And I did order from there a few times when I was a little bit pished. Bob's Fish and Chips? Actually, yeah, Bob's. But Mm. there was another place, um, another place in Motor City, I think, that did proper lamb kebabs. And I would order uh, a kebab. And I would order chips, cheese, and Donner, and with like loads of garlic sauce. Yeah. Now, if it came with chili sauce, I'd probably be a bit pissed off because I like my garlic sauce. Yeah, but I wouldn't think to phone up Golf News and complain about this and make sure my article was published. Like, what in the name of Christ does? <laughs> Oh, this is a news story. This is. I got the wrong sauce on my kebab. And also, why is this, why is part of this story so central that the the child is staying up to see her mum get the kebab? I know. It's bizarre. I mean, I think for me, a kebab doesn't taste the same unless you've had quite a lot to drink before you eat it. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of up there with a haggis supper when you're like a bit pissed in it it's just it's it's, a, it's just it's the right thing it's the right thing to eat at that time but so, i can't imagine ever ordering a kebab for my dinner <laughs> you know I, I think i might have told this story on the podcast before but i got into a habit and it was when i was in norwich i would order two kebabs on my way home <laughs> and i would have one kebab on the way home like eat it and then i would put the other kebab on my bedside table and if you wake up and you have a kebab lying there and you you have to eat it straight away yeah it is the best thing (laughs) in the world when you're hungover and you have a kebab and a can of iron brew Mm. that that just solves everything yeah and i i went through a period of doing that buying two kebabs keeping one on my bedside table i mean the room fucking stank the next day (laughs) it's a wonderful thing just chowing down a kebab for breakfast and then you have a little nap and you wake up and you feel right as rain. I'm I, I sure there'll be listeners that will be trying to work out what we'd look like by the sound of our voices. And I'm sure they probably think that you're a fucking right fat bastard, <laughs> like wedged, <laughs> wedged into your desk and everything. But I can, I can tell you that he's not, Nicky's not. He's a slender, good looking guy. A bit like myself. <laughs> 
No, it's been a long time since I've done that. But yeah, for a period of time, that was my my go to two kebabs. There you but go. The thing is, like the age that you would have been when you did that, yeah, like, your body burnt it off. Yeah. Your body allowed you to do that anyway. You know what mm. I mean? Because if if I think about what I lived off from the age of. 22, 21, 22, until around about the time I met my wife, which was when I was 28. (laughs) I literally lived off sandwiches, toast, fast food, kebabs, pizzas, um, pasta, and hunters and hunters and hunters of booze. Obviously, I can't live like that now because I'm in my 40s and I'll just end up putting on tons of weight and probably suffering a heart attack before I'm 50. Um, I eat eat a lot better now, but I sometimes get a bit of a tremble when I think back to (laughs) a diet in those days. Uh, Oh, never mind. So I'm I'm very sorry for this woman and I hope she, uh, well, she didn't get her kebab, but I hope she got some sort of resolution. A wee with a quim in the morning, Mr Cunningham, sir. Just a thing to clear your head. Eh? Our Liam Neeson season continued in March as we covered his film about a bare-knuckle boxer, The Big Man. But in the news that month, we discovered the hidden delights of Irvin Beach and also discussed the time that I picked up the phone to a childhood hero. Now listen, Billy, I want you to understand this. This is absolutely nothing personal. Uh, well, I'm going to take us to Irvin this week, uh, Greg. Have you ever been to Irvin Beach? Uh, yes, many years ago. Oh, have you? Yeah. Did you see many sights when you were at Irvin Beach? Um, I mean, uh, we're talking probably when I was a wee boy. So I don't. I, th- I think mm. we went to the shows one summer. I, th- I think the shows uh, were on Irvin Beach, the the, the, the carnival. Um, so uh, I feel like my mom, my stepmom, and my dad went once to Irvin Beach. Okay. Uh, Maybe it was the wrong time of day. Because I want to tell you uh, from the Air Advertiser this week um, about a man who exposed himself in a sexual manner (laughs) at a seafront car park (laughs) at Irvine Beach, was let off with a fine after the court heard that similar acts take place daily. Uh, (laughs) Stephen Gillis, 62, pleaded guilty, fair play Stephen, you know, you were caught, uh, to intentionally exposing his genitals to the alarm of another man at the Irvin (laughs) Beach car park on February the 18th, 2022. When Gillis's case was called at Kilmarnock Sheriff Court last week, uh, Gillis, who had previously pleaded guilty to the charge, his defence solicitor said that in his view, his client should not be placed on the sex offenders register. Uh, His solicitor said that his client had committed an error in an area where it's common knowledge that this behaviour takes place daily. He said, I would invite your lordship to do one of two things, a short community order or simply mark the offence as an admonishment and dismiss him. It's fair to say that this experience of being in court in front of the public gallery is punishment enough. It was a gross error in a place where it's common knowledge that this sort of incident takes place daily. Uh, The sheriff said, I'll deal with this today, and in that way I will draw a line under the matter. Uh, So he did say that he was not going to give him a custodial sentence or place him on a register, but he did fine him £320. (laughs) So apparently it's a daily occurrence that people go to Irvine Beach Park and get their cock out. (laughs) Um, but why? I mean, what is there about? Is, is there some sort of sexy pheromone or something blown about there? That's I've, I've no idea. But the defence 
basically said that this takes place daily and the judge has said yeah yeah, yeah you're right actually I've, <laughs> I've been there I've seen it so what? you know what? <laughs> what, what the judge didn't say that I'm putting oh. that in, you know I'm adding words to this uh, this story the judge didn't say that but the judge has basically acknowledged this and says yeah okay you know what we'll draw a line under it we're not going to put you on a register we're not going to give you a custodial sentence 320 quid there you go and I, I am pretty sure that Stephen probably went out the next day and did the same. <laughs> I just love the phrase, uh, expose themselves in a sexual manner to another man's alarm. <laughs> just... Yeah. Does that like, look like... <laughs> so this poor guy was just parking his car and he's turned around and there's Stephen with his cock out and... Oh Jesus! I'm frightened. Maybe maybe Stephen's got a massive knob, and that's what alarmed him. Well, I mean, we'd... or maybe it's very small, and that alarmed him as well. <laughs> I mean, you know, I have heard of people who are quite proud of their uh, cocks getting them out, particularly when they used to live in Aberdeen. We've spoken about an old friend of ours before who uh, would like to give you a tap on the shoulder in the dance floor just to let you know that uh, he'd got his cock out whilst you can't touch this by MC Hammer was being played by the DJ. Um, it's, oh, that was the Little John's fellow. Wasn't yeah, it? That, that guy from Little John's. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've, I've got to be honest. I've, I've never, never felt compelled to ever do anything like that. But I, like I said before, perhaps there's some sort of uh, sexy pheromone blowing around uh, Irving Beach that compels guys to get their cocks out. <laughs> Better have a regular occurrence. Who knows? <laughs> I've no idea, but it happens daily. So if you are in Scotland and you're around Irvin Beach area yeah. and you'd like to see a penis, then head to Irvin Beach Car Park where you'll get to see one daily. <laughs> I, I, I don't know the time. Hey, if you go to Irvine Beach and you get to see the, the cock o'clock, <laughs> then if you can drop us a line on cultureswally at gmail.com, then we will be able to update our listeners on the next episode of what time you can see a cock at Irvine Beach Car Park. <laughs> okay. Uh, when it, when it, and let, in fact, and if you do, can you ask him if his name's Stephen? Because I want to know if he's a repeat offender. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we can stick him in. When, whenever I think of Irvin, I always think of there used to be a leisure center there called the Magnum Center, and I remember. Okay. It was it was probably in the mid eighties when you know like swimming pools in Scotland were. Just sort of straight exercise swimming pools, like the, like the Bon Accord baths in Aberdeen. Um, mm, yeah. And then sort of these sort of new style leisure centres started to open that had like flumes or, or shoots, yeah. as we used to call them. And um, I remember my, my dad and I going over to have a look at this Magnum Centre. So it was newly opened and they had slides. And people were going down the slides on mats because we could watch from the gallery. And I remember saying to my dad, why are they going down the slides on mats? And my father telling me a very apocryphal, well, in hindsight, it's an apocryphal tale, um, that people were sticking razor blades through because the flumes went outside and back in again. Um, people were sticking razor blades through the slides. And so people had to go down on mats to protect themselves. I've since heard that it's become a bit of an urban myth that um, about people sticking yeah. razor blades through flumes. Um, but we, I never, ever, ever got to try the flumes uh, at Irvine. Um, and I did read last year that the, the Magnum Centre has been knocked down now. It's not there anymore. So I, I never will. Um, it was always a source of great regret when I was young that I never got to go down Aww. the slides. At, uh, but I did get to go to the time capsule in Coatbridge 
which was, I think, probably a lot better. Well, thriving. Uh, people dropping like flies, Mrs. Haggis. Good! Uh, I've just got a very quick, weird uh, story that came from the Daily Record on uh, no date. Oh, I'll tell you lie, 8th of March. Um, this is na- the Nigel Farage, uh, Parker of Thunderbird- Thunderbirds look- lookalike and modern day supervillain, depending on where your politics lie. Edinburgh club promoters have announced a change of venue for their popular club night with a controversial spokesman. Uh, the aforementioned Nigel Farage broke Fridays will be moving their club nights from attic to the liquid rooms after a fallout with bosses at their former home. Broke announced they'd be breaking their 10-year relationship with attic due to attic's new ownership, making it impossible for us to continue working together. To promote the move, they secured the services of Nigel Farage through personalised oh, greeting website wonderful cameo um, I've seen I saw quite a lot of these during the pandemic you could like you could get like you could pay like depending on who it was you could get like a personalised message from some like some quite famous people I think I sent some to you I genuinely thought about getting James Cosmo to introduce the culture swally <laughs> but it was for promotional use it's too expensive yeah yeah <laughs> we'd probably have to pay him royalties uh, royalties rather so the video was posted to Brokes TikTok and Facebook it shows the former UKIP leader saying that Attic is retiring from hosting Friday club nights <laughs> saying that sorry saying that Attic retiring from hosting Friday club nights was an idea as good as Brexit um, he says in the video <laughs> <laughs> He's such a cunt, honestly. Uh, he says in the video, Well, hello to my good friend Attic. It's Nigel Farage here. I want to wish you good luck with retiring from Friday nights, and I can assure you that your new Friday night plans will be as good an idea as Brexit, if not better. Here's wishing you all the very best. Nigel, over and out. Now, the last time that Nigel Farage had anything to do with Edinburgh was during an election campaign in 2013. Um, he was famously whisked away from protesters who branded him a ball bag. Um, <laughs> apparently, he charges up to £1,000 for an exclusive message on the application. His last chaotic trip to Edinburgh ended with the then UKIP chief sitting in the back of a riot van after four attempts to escape a group of around 50 protesters. He initially sought refuge in uh, the Cannons Gate pub before being shown the door by the landlord after activists <laughs> branded him a racist and a homophobe. He was then rejected by a taxi after aban- abandoning his <laughs> press conference and ejected from a second taxi when the group of protesters blocked his path. I remember seeing a meme about that at the time saying it's quite ironic that um, somebody who campaigns on not allowing refugees into the UK is seeking refuge in an Edinburgh pub himself. Um, <laughs> officers were then forced to corral him back into the bar until a vehicle could arrive and transport him away from the scene in a fourth attempt. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised. Well, I suppose he would. I guess he'll do anything for money. I, I don't know how much um, how much the club would have paid to get him to promote uh, the club night. <laughs> I mean, would you want Nigel Farage to promote your club night? If I was hosting a club night, he'd be pretty low on the list. I mean, Christine Hamilton was she busy or <laughs> you know, like Edwina Curry? Um, <laughs> Uh, Katie Hopkins or something, you know, like, oh my god, Nigel Farage, why is that a good idea? I mean, Clarkson must have been too expensive, I guess. It's, it's, it's only a good idea if you're engaged in a sort of Brewster's Millions type activity where you have to, like, 
<laughs> you have to establish uh, enterprises that are doomed to fail just so you can burn through all your money and get the big prize at the end. I can only assume that there was something like that involved in the decision. If I'm doing something like that, I would get like Pat Sharp or yeah. Timmy Mallet. Or the, twin, to... the, the twins from Funhouse, you know. Have I, I've told the story on the Swally before, haven't I, that I spoke to Timmy Mallet on the phone. Have I told that story? Um, it rings up. I, I, th- I, think it, I think it bears telling again because I can't quite remember. Uh, so I worked for uh, very quickly, just in case I have told it before. Um, I worked for uh, like a marketing communications agency in Aberdeen, and we were looking after. It was at the time where the bypass was going through, and on the bypass area there was a, a kind of community centre that looked after people with special needs. And Timmy Mallet's brother has special needs and he lived at this care home i don't know uh, they must have links to aberdeen anyway uh so timmy was a very active campaigner um about the the fact that this bypass shouldn't go through and that the road needed to stay no that the the hill home needed to stay the road shouldn't go through uh so he was dealing with the communications the pr part of the the agency and one day reception was ringing and i picked up the phone and <laughs> just this hello can i speak to ken please and i was like uh yeah sure um can i ask who's calling it's timmy mallet and i was like what the real timmy mallet he's like yes I was like, okay i'll just put you through why is genuinely timmy mallet no why why is i imagine that that's the sort of voice and tone that he used when he was like taking phone calls from kids on wackaday yeah, I, I swear to God, it was genuinely, it must just be his phone voice just actively goes into, but it was genuinely, hello, can I speak to Ken, please? Oh, it's an Oh, God bless. Do you remember? Yeah, I'd get him to promote my club. Do you remember when, you know, remember uh, when they, they stopped him from hitting the kids on the head? with his big mallet during mallet's mallet mm. he had to get that sort of contraption thing instead that then hit that that kept the points in the last couple of the series of wackadee he wasn't able to bob oh, did he i don't remember that. yeah he wasn't allowed to bob the kids on the head with his foam mallet anymore that's <laughs> why the rovers like all these like that movie uh where will smith plays like the head trauma doctor for the the nfl guys it was like it's like <laughs> clinic for the ex mallets mallet contestants <laughs> hit on the head one too many times <laughs> See, you're saying there's a bunch of like 40 year olds going around nowadays that have mild concussion and brain trauma from being hit with a mallet and Timmy Mallet's to blame for that. I don't know. I'm just, it's just conjecture on my part. Um, Obviously, (laughs) if Timmy Mallet's lawyers are are listening, it absolutely means nothing. I'm literally just making stuff up (laughs) for the podcast. He gave them a plaster afterwards. (laughs) It's fine. That plaster helped everything. So it's all good. But the thing is like that whole game was about word association association right so if you've if yeah. you, you know so you having to think fast if somebody hits you in the head yeah. when you get something wrong <laughs> then you're not you know like for the next time you're going to be panicked you know what i mean um i think you know i don't think it really hurt that much it was a pretty so it's just been like hit over the head with a pillow and he he wasn't like giving it full over the head double axe handle type smash it was just like a little dunt i know it's not gonna hurt but it would be off-putting i i get right. you know I, i'll take that but it's not gonna cause like a slight brain trauma <laughs> sure it's not i'm just maybe i don't it's just my little timmy mallet stick we can we can move on <laughs> 
If you've been suffering from brain trauma, having been hit on the head with Mallet's Mallet, then please get in touch on cultureswally at gmail.com and let us know your story and we'll cover it on the next episode of the Culture Swally. The funniest testimonials we might, we'll, we'll read out in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll give a prize for the best testimonial. Um, you'll get uh, a phone message from me pretending to be Timmy Mallet. Um, <laughs> do, 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 doing a great Timmy Mallet impression, I have to say. Very, yeah, very I'll good. I'll give you a, a customised a customized Timmy Mallet impression um, just for you. For the best story of brain trauma from a mallet's mallet. <laughs> Got visions of people being having nightmares about guys with like wacky glasses and spiky hair. Think. You know something? Randomly the other day, I did have itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini stuck in my head. Like genuine. I'm not making that up. For the podcast, genuinely, the other day I was out walking the dog and I was singing "It's a bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini." And I'm like, where the fuck is that come from? Just random. But then you have to finish it off with the "Oh yeah," um, <laughs> just randomly in my head. I do not know where it came from, but it did. Uh, so maybe that's expunged the Timmy Mallet from my head now. And the best thing about that is that now everybody listening to this podcast that knows that song has got Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny stuck in their heads for the next little while. Hello, Imani. Now tell me where you got it. Right. There's this gentleman, Mr. Mason. Matt Mason. He's from Glasgow. Who is he? In April, we covered the wonderful 2019 film Our Ladies about a group of Catholic schoolgirls let loose in Edinburgh. But before all that, we met a lovely drug dealer named after my favourite Scottish pop star who sadly passed away this year, Darius. You don't shag the horse. You pump him in slow motion while you're running down the beach. <laughs> uh, my first story comes from the Scottish Sun last week and the headline is Teary Me. And it's about a Scots drug dealer who burst into tears after being caught by cops. Uh, so the story goes, a man burst into tears when police rumbled his £25,000 cannabis operation. Darius Jack, that's a great name. Like that's a, that's a pop star name yeah. or a, a footballer's <laughs> name, not a little drug dealer. Darius, yeah. uh, Darius Jack, 21, was caught by officers who noticed a stench coming from his car. Terrified Jack began to cry and then he said, sorry, I'm caught. Shopping bags containing cannabis were found in the vehicle and Jack was arrested. When he was arrested, Jack then blurted out, Are you going to search my hoose? There's hundreds in my hoose. There's a sports direct bag in my hoose full of it. <laughs> a search of his home in Ayrshire discovered a hall stashed in the living room, cupboard and kitchen. He had a total of 4,139 kilograms, which could have made £25,000. Uh, Jack appeared at Hamilton Sheriff Court and admitting being concerned with the supply of cannabis in April last year. Deputy Fiscal Chloe O'Hara said police constables observed the accused to be driving his vehicle and had cause to follow it to the car park on Main Street in East Kilbride. When officers approached, they could smell a strong smell of cannabis coming from the car and the accused appeared to be nervous and became tearful. Uh, a search of the vehicle was carried out and the accused placed under arrest. Uh, defending uh, a, a solicitor said, it is his position that he was holding the drugs for someone else. That old story, <laughs> yeah? Sheriff Thomas Miller deferred sentence till next month for reports and continued bail. He added, given the value, 
it is a very serious matter. I just love the fact that he's been arrested and he said, are you going to search my house? There's hundreds in my house. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a sports direct bag in my house full of it. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> it led to me to think that if he was arrested for having you know, cannabis in his car, they wouldn't necessarily go and search his house. Would yeah, I think they probably would. They probably would. Oh, yeah, yeah probably. I think they probably would. Yeah. <laughs> so a cannabis empire thought to be worth about £25,000, they said. Mm, yes. So he's just doing it by himself. <laughs> Yeah, well, Darius Jack, I mean, he hasn't dobbed anyone else in, if, if that is the case. Yeah. But no, uh, he's just there on his own. He got caught driving with a strong smell of cannabis and then blurted out that he had it all in a Sports Direct bag. <laughs> There's hundreds of it in my house. So the police obviously took that tip off and went there. So poor old Darius Jack, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen to him. And uh, if he's going to be a popular young lad in prison with a name like that. Do you, do you think his mum named him after Daddy of soft pop stars? Because that's about the right I age. Mean, um, he would be, actually. Yeah, you're, um, yeah, you're right, because he's 21. Yeah, yeah. Pop stars was, what, 2000. about 2000? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. He could potentially be the right age for, for being named after Darius. What would his namesake think wow. about that sort of behaviour? I wonder. I'd, oh, he'd be... I mean, I'd imagine he would turn a colourblind eye <laughs> to this... <laughs> type thing I think it might leave him yeah. it might leave him feeling blue perhaps yeah yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It, it probably would yeah definitely would leave him feeling blue there's a funny a funny thing about Darius because did he not get you know the pop idol the thing the first one that I think it came down to uh, what's his name Will Young and Gareth Gates mm-hmm. but yeah. was Darius not like the first runner up like third or something he was yeah, yeah. Darius was third um, the thing is though it, what a lot of people forget about that is Darius <laughs> like, I'm just going to admit this I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast before I fucking loved Darius I've met Darius I got his autograph right? I went and got a signed CD from Darius um, I got two actually I got one from my girlfriend at the time because we both loved Darius and he signed hers lucky girl because he'd met me and he thought I was amazing uh, so <laughs> can't believe I'm going to this pop idol knowledge. So Darius was obviously in pop stars yeah. and, and he was kind of a joke figure yep. in pop stars. So when pop idol came out, he auditioned for pop idol, but he didn't make the final 12 because I think they still thought he was a bit of a joke, even though he'd cut his hair yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Never mind. And then Rick Waller, who was in the final 12, he had to pull out through illness. Right. Now, I put illness in inverted <laughs> commas. For people who don't know, Rick Waller must have been about 40 stone, but he was an incredible singer, but I think Simon Cowell was a bit worried that he was actually going to win the show. So <laughs> paid them off. <laughs> I, the rumor is, yeah, the rumor is that he paid him off and Rick Waller went away. So they had to bring in a replacement. So they brought in Darius. And yes, Darius finished third in that series of Pop Idol. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what I remember about that Pop Idol, that first one, is that when they were letting people know who was going through to the next round. They mm-hmm. put people into like a certain room and then they would say, like, everybody in this room, you're you're going through. Or if it was the other room, you guys are out. Um, I always yeah. thought it was a bit harsh. I mean, a harsh way of doing it. You know what I mean? Just like, one room for winners and one room for losers. Um, but didn't Darius go out with a girl from Species, the movie Species? The, the, Natasha Hen- he married. Natasha yeah. Henstridge, is it? Is that her name? They were married for quite a few right. years, yeah. I managed to- yeah, they moved um, 
Yeah, he got married, um, but there they they split up. Yeah, right. I, wonder, well, I wonder what he's doing now, yeah. Darius. I wonder if we could get him on the podcast and he could tell us what it was like to go to be married to Natasha Eswich. <laughs> it's genuinely funny you ask that. He is, I think, he was quite a successful stage actor, so he's in a lot of musicals and stuff. Right. And it's very funny you ask this because I nearly used this story a couple of weeks ago on the Swally. There was a story in, I think it was like the Evening Times, and it was about a hairdresser in Glasgow, or a barber, and Gerard Butler came in for a haircut. And this made the news right. that Gerard Butler had gone for a haircut. And there was photos of the barber with Gerard Butler. And in the next photo, it was a photo of Gerard Butler, the barber, and Darius. And it just said, and also with Darius Campbell, because he now goes by Campbell rather than Dinesh. Right who just so happened to be in the shop as he's a regular visitor. And I just wondered if Darius now is like, like if it's some sort of situation like Desmond's <laughs> and Darius just hangs out at this hairdresser all day, just <laughs> with with pork pie. I don't know who pork pie would be. It'd have to be another, maybe Michelle McManus and Darius just hang out at this hairdresser's. <laughs> With, uh, what was his name? Leon Jackson. Oh, yeah. They just hang out at this hairdresser's. Yeah. yeah. That'd make a great sitcom. Darius, if you're listening, give us a call. Let us know what you're up to. Uh, you can email us on cultureswally at gmail.com and let us know if you are indeed, he wouldn't be, what was the name of the student guy? Was it Michael or something? I'm, I'm giving away my Desmond's knowledge here. Oh, I can't remember. It's been years since I've seen Desmond's. Because it was pork pie. Then there was the guy who was like the... The student. Yeah. Was there a third one as well, or was it just the two of them? Mm, that's, we, oh, I, can't, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen Desmond. Might have just been two of them. Yeah. It's on uh, Channel 4's streaming <laughs> service, if you want to watch it. I've often thought about watching Desmond's, but oh, I don't know if I could bring myself to <laughs> So there you go. That's uh, that's Darius Jack, our, our drug dealer. Oh, I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed going down a little Darius uh, yeah. trip of memory lane there. Yeah, I was I was saying to myself, oh, I wonder why he changed his name from Dinesh Campbell. But I suppose if he's been in America for a while, you know, maybe that's why. Uh, no, well, um, Campbell was his mum's maiden name. Um, and because Dinesh was his dad's name, so I think he changed it to Campbell to um, so that his Scottish roots right. kind of right. shone through. But, don't know. Yeah. And maybe you could be right, it, it would, I think it would have coincided around about the time that he moved to America, so yeah, maybe, yeah, Dinesh, not the best, like so Campbell, yeah, maybe suited a bit better. And I think the time he moved to America coincided with when the Twin Towers came down, <laughs> so maybe that's why he changed his name to his mum's maiden name. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have, mate, because that was 2001, and like, what was, oh, yeah, the yeah, series of Pop Idol he was on was about then, right? It would have been. It would have been about, I would say, about 2007, 2008, he moved to America right. because, well, I met him, <laughs> it's like 2005, I think, <laughs> when I met him and I got my signed CD. It was in Woolworths in um, the Bon Accord Centre <laughs> in Aberdeen. <laughs> Did you tell him about your uh, NWA Fuck the Police colorblind no, remix that you... Uh... I didn't. It was genuinely me in a queue with a bunch of teenage girls <laughs> and like 40-year-old women. <laughs> No word of a lie. Imagine Darius. A remix, you say. Well, how how does it go? Oh, hang on. Launching <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> into it. <laughs> <We're worse. clears throat> yeah, I don't think that would be appreciated in the like at lunchtime on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon in, in Woolworths in Aberdeen. My NWA Jenny from the Block colorblind remix. Oh yeah, I forgot about it's Jenny like, from the Block. Uh, was in there as well. Yeah, it's for Jenny from the Block as yeah. well. I tell you what, we're meeting up in May. If uh, if I get drunk enough, you can record me singing <laughs> it, and we can play it on the podcast one week because I'm not singing it now. That's for sure. <laughs> 
we'll use it as the outro one week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Ah. Oh, fuck, Elish, you sad bastard. The house is full of beautiful Fenian Fanny. Moving into May and we dusted off our hardbacks, cracked the spines of our paperbacks as we looked at the first series of the 2002 classic show, The Book Group. And in the news that episode, we met... Oh, uh, who did we meet? Oh, this is embarrassing. Oh, I've forgotten what I was going to say. Who did we meet in that episode? Thomas the Tank Engine. No, Janice, it's the little engine that could. Yes, well, we haven't got all the books in the series. It's no Tom's, it's a completely different set of fucking trains altogether. Uh, my first story is from the Daily Record this week, and it's about a ditzy Scots family who fear they're the talk of the town after reporting a car and two dogs missing before remembering where they'd left them. Uh, Elaine, <laughs> Elaine Hodgson, 58, was frantic on Thursday morning when she looked out of her window uh, of her home in Kelty, Fife, to find that her white Ford Fiesta had been stolen through the night. The distraught gran of four called police and completed an incident form whilst panicked loved ones launch a search party via social media. But just 20 minutes after calling the cops... Elaine, a social care worker, was alerted to a motor, similar to hers, parked outside her son's house a couple of streets away. The car was indeed Elaine's, who had parked at her son's house the night before, popped in to say hello, and then walked home, (laughs) totally forgetting her movements. (laughs) Elaine's overnight amnesia left the family in stitches, including her 30-year-old daughter, Danielle. The dog groomer told the record, My mum is usually so on it, but this was something else. (laughs) My dad phoned me on Thursday in a panic, saying, Mum's lost the car, but she's got the keys, so we don't know what's happened. I love that it's instances. She's lost the car. Not that it's been stolen. (laughs) Uh, Fife's been bad for stolen cars recently, so I went into social media straight away. We were so worried. Shortly after alerting the police, David's ex-partner spotted a white Ford outside David's house and everything (laughs) fell into place. (laughs) Scoffing at her mum's hilarious blunder, Danielle said, Oh, my mum phoned the police back straight away. It was hilarious. Uh, Yeah, wasting police time. Hilarious. Uh, She often goes to David's after visiting her mum, who lives nearby. So it was so close to her house. How she walked right by it and all the way home, we do not know. But it's the pot calling the kettle black for Danielle Gregg, who herself had a moment of forgetfulness. <laughs> Upon returning home from the supermarket on Tuesday, Danielle was greeted by her husband Craig, 32, and their two young children. But her beloved border collies, Blue and Flossie, were nowhere to be seen. My dogs are like my babies, so I went into total panic mode, she added. Craig thought they must have escaped out of the back garden. So I got in my car and headed to the local park. Craig asked our neighbours to watch the kids and he went out searching too. It wasn't until Danielle took to social media, social media is their saviour here, uh, that she realised where they'd gone. I asked on a Facebook group, has anyone seen my dogs? To which our dog walker replied, yeah, they're safe, they're with me. They were out with the dog walker. <laughs> Craig had seen them off. So her husband has seen them off. And then 20 minutes later, his wife's come home. Where's the dogs? He's like, oh, fuck, I don't know. They must have escaped out of the back garden. <laughs> he totally forgotten that he'd done it. And I forgot that it was dog walking time. We were in such a panic that neither of us realised. So that's two times this week <laughs> I've gone on Facebook asking for help to find dogs in a car. And both times we've just forgotten where they were. We're definitely the talk of the town in Kelty. I was so embarrassed but it's hilarious at the same time. 
Uh, police confirmed that there was a small investigation to the stolen vehicle, but it was only for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. So um, I'd, I'd like to give a plea to this family. Can you please install like a carbon monoxide um, say, yeah. sensor in your house? Because... <laughs> This is quite concerning. I've, uh, I, I mean, that's uh, okay. I, I can understand maybe parking your car and forgetting where you parked it. But to go you know, to your son's house two streets away, surely that's going to be your first thought. It's like, oh, I left it last night. Of course, I must have done. And you would at least go and check before you phoned the police. Um, and as for the dogs, I don't even know where to begin with that in terms of that. I do love, as I said, our husband's reaction of uh, mum's lost the car. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was going to ask, is, uh, do we think there's been some sort of like chemical spill in Kelty or something like that? Or some kind of inv- Possibly, yeah. invasion of the body snatchers, perhaps? <laughs> a, a very strange uh, situation. But, I mean, have you ever forgotten where you parked your car or lost your car or anything? I've never lost my car. I mean, I've, there's been a few times, you know, you know yourself when the malls are like in the Middle East, mm. you've got to make a bit of a mental note. If you park in one of the big car parks, um, take a photograph of the parking space codes and everything. But yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never like parked up somewhere and then gone home to bed and forgotten about it. And I was just wondering if Elaine perhaps had a few glasses of wine at her son's and decided to be a responsible citizen and leave her car at home. Uh, Leave her car there and come back for it the next day. And it's had a bit of uh, perhaps sherry-induced amnesia or something like that, you know. I mean, I have heard of people that have done that in terms of, you know, they parked their car maybe in town, gone out on the piss... And then the next day, woken up and went, oh, shit, where's my car? And then they haven't been able to remember where they've actually parked it. Right. But again, I can't understand that. Surely you would remember. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I knew I parked it there. So that was where, unless maybe they'd had a few before they'd parked their car. But obviously we'd, we don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. Very strange, but that's the uh, that's the goings on in Kelty. Yeah, I think we we should maybe investigate, as you say, if there's there's more to this than yeah. meets the eye. Some sort of government social experiment or something like that. <laughs> I think so. There's been some sort of big flashpoint at Kelty. So if we investigate that, there was maybe a some sort of alien spacecraft landing, and the government have just wiped everyone's memory for for that day or so. There is a T at the end of can't, t, and it's at the end of what t. And it's there for a reason. Aye, and it's only in the cunt as well. In June, we celebrated our 50th episode and we covered the absolute classic from 1983, Local Hero. I'm not even going to give it an introduction. If you haven't seen it, just pause this. Go and watch Local Hero right now. If you don't, I'm going to set this local newsagent on you. Are you sure there are two L's in dollar, Gideon? Yes, And now the two G's in bugger off. Well, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times in the last few episodes how there hasn't been a great deal of sort of swally-centric news. Because life's a bit serious, um, you know, at the minute, kind of late spring 2022. There's a lot of horrible shit going on. But for some whatever reason, this week, there seem to be loads of swally-centric uh, stories. Um, <laughs> so it, I, I had six, and I've, I've whittled it down to two, and there were some tough decisions made. But my first one uh, comes from the Scottish Sun um, on the 8th of July. So it's a wee bit old, this one. The headline says, Thunder God, I'm a news agent. I keep a collection of weapons under the counter. Here's my top choice. So this is a news agent in Glasgow. Uh, TikTok star 
Yasser uh, Inayat, who posts videos under the username The Silent Shopkeeper, and is well known for sharing secrets about his time as a shop boss. His videos are hugely popular. There's a picture of him here with uh, Thor's hammer <laughs> standing in front of his st- standing in front of his bottles of uh, Blue Wicked um, and Thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> it says under the picture, it says more than year in case of emergency. Well, that's sorry, that's the kind of legend that he's got on the picture. Underneath it says it looks like the Thor hammer is his favourite, and then. On the next one, underneath the picture, it says he also has a bendy metal rod, <laughs> which looks <laughs> which looks like a kind of tent pole bent into an L shape. But anyway, it says it says this time he's touched on a more serious subject in this typical light-hearted fashion by showing off his secret armory. He joked that he has a wicket stick to scare off the kids, a bendy metal rod, and a seven iron golf club so he can practice his swing. However. The most surprising item was Mothinger, the hammer of Thunder God Thor, which he said was there in case of emergencies. We previously told how Yasser had lifted the lid on the incredible lie he claims is constantly used by workers when dealing with demanding customers. In one video, he revealed that the lie that's used when customers ask him to check the back for a specific item. Inyat showed how he goes to the stockroom to appease them, even though he knows it's not there. Uh, he posted a short video on the popular social media app with the caption, Boss Man, hashtag TikTok Shopkeepers, hashtag Retail Life, hashtag Scotland. The video starts off with him standing in his shop. His text on the screen reads, I'll check in the back. I might have it in stock. It then shows him in the stockroom, messing around with a brush and killing time. And text on the screen says, me in the back, knowing I don't have that stock for weeks. Viewers were loving his honesty, and others with retail experience admitted that they were guilty of the same thing. One person said, as a student, I did retail work and I used to do this. I'd pretend to run up the stairs to the stockroom, wait a few minutes, and return. Uh, another added, I used to go into the back and sit down for two minutes and not check, <laughs> especially if the customer was rude. And a third row, I refused to go and check, especially if I did so for someone else earlier, with more laughing faces. So yeah, I like that one about uh, old Yasser there. It doesn't say whereabouts in Glasgow his newsagent is. I don't, I don't think they've bothered to do a great deal of research into the guy. I think they've just really looked at his uh, TikTok videos, yeah, there's a picture of him there with his bendy metal rod and also holding more than your... That's a shame. I, I would quite, I'd quite like to go to this news agent <laughs> and, and meet Yasser. He sounds like fucking hilarious. The fact he's got Thor's hammer, <laughs> I, but only in case of emergencies, is just phenomenal. Like, what? What are you going to do with that? Like, it, it's not a, the best thing. I, I, I love the... Was it a bendy metal rod that he has as backup and a, a seven iron as well? Yeah, that's fair enough. Most people would have like a baseball bat or a cricket bat or something, but he's got a bendy metal rod and a seven iron and Thor's fucking hammer. Like, <laughs> that's incredible. What's, you know, you'd expect like to have like maybe TJ Hooker's nightstick or something. But <laughs> fucking Thor's hammer. <laughs> Come out swinging it like oh Jesus, nice uh, legend. Nice relevant reference there for our younger listeners. From Nikki, go, <laughs> go and ask your dad who TJ Hooker was. Um, now I can't imagine that Police Scotland would condone shopkeepers having a selection of weapons under the counter in case you know of emergencies. I wouldn't have thought so. No, <laughs> um, no. But then what's because is that not? We've covered stories before on this valley that people have been arrested because they've had like a 
a baseball bat or something in their car yeah. and people are like well you're using that as a weapon you're not off to go where's your catcher's mate that's what I remember reading something about that and some gangster or someone in, in Scotland saying if you're going to have a baseball bat in your house always get a mitt as well <laughs> Because then it looks like you are <laughs> properly playing baseball. Like, if you've just got a baseball bat, then you're obviously up to no yeah, good. It's, 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 <laughs> especially if it's filled with cement, like the guy in Falkirk. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he could get away with that, maybe by saying he was just a, a, a Marvel fan mm. and he's got Thor's hammer in his shop. But, and, and the golf club for practicing his swing. I don't know how we'd get away with a bendy metal rod. I love the fact it's called a bendy <laughs> metal rod as well. Like, it's so descriptive. The, yeah, what excuse are you going to give for that? Oh, I use that for uh, unblocking the drains or something. <laughs> or when I go back to check. What is this story that he's saying that he goes back to check for stuff, but he doesn't actually know it's there or something? Like, so what's he doing? Practicing his swing? When he yeah, goes he just goes to kill some time. I mean, I think he's been a bit gullible because I'm sure that while he's pretending to check the back, there's people in the shop probably filling their pockets with tonics wafers and cans of iron brew and stuff. Bottles of Thunderbird. Bottles of Thunderbird and uh, raking through the top shelf for uh, shaving ravers or something <laughs> to um, go off and I just had, peruse. I, oh, I, I just had a nice image in my mind of Yasser, like sort of one afternoon and he's put, he's like putting out fresh rolls or something like that and some some guys come in and start fucking about and he sort of summons Molyneux from behind the counter like come... <laughs> comes flying through the shop like knocking stuff over <laughs> causing lots of damage <laughs> yeah. but at least he's got his hammer fucking hell yeah. what a legend oh yeah sir I, I really want to go and visit that I want to go in there to see his news agent and uh, just see him yeah. with his bendy metal fraud I'll put a I'll put a link to the his TikTok uh, videos up on on our um, on our Instagram page on, and Twitter so everybody can have a wee look a breakfast isn't till eight Seven in the fishing season. It's not the fishing season. In August on episode 53, we looked at another Scottish gem in the form of 1985's Restless Natives, following Ronnie and Will, a.k.a. the Wolfman and the Clown, who become modern-day highwaymen. But prior to that, Greg got hungry and shared a story about some crisps. Um, hello there. Uh, you may have heard of us. We were in the papers last week. This is our gun! Our gun! Okay, okay, well this first one comes from the Daily Record, 15th of July. Don't want to trigger anybody, and we're not, I'm going to do my best not to make fun of this girl, but it's difficult. The headline reads, Scots woman forks out £8,000 for hairline surgery to get rid of her five head. Uh, Lisa, <laughs> Lisa Mackay spent years being self-conscious about her big forehead and her hairline that peaked back at the sides. I'm looking at a picture of her. Look at this, that bad. I mean, she's she's got blonde hair, so maybe that sort of accents it a bit more. A Scottish beauty lover who resorted to tattoos and a mullet to try and hide her disproportionately large forehead has forked out £8,000 to surgically lower her hairline to go from five head to Disney princess. There's also a picture of her kind of post-op, and she's got a scar running across the top of her hairline. So she looks a bit like the Bride of Frankenstein as opposed to Sleeping Beauty. Lisa Mackay from Paisley. Robocop. (laughs) Robocop, yeah. (laughs) Lisa Mackay from Paisley spent years being self-conscious about her big big forehead. The 25-year-old... You've got to brace yourself for this, mate. The 25-year-old was mercilessly mocked by nasty bullies (laughs) who photoshopped... (laughs) 
who photoshopped her face onto photos <laughs> of Space Raider Chris Packets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God, I'm sorry. Uh, declaring... <laughs> As if it needs explanation, declaring that she looked like an alien because of the size of her head. This coupled with being branded a five head. (laughs) And others mocking her for having a forehead, uh, quotation marks, you could land an aeroplane on, battered Lisa's self-esteem. The tooth gem technician, I had no idea there was such a thing, uh, resorted to getting floral tattoos inked just below her hair in 2020 to try and disguise the fact, to try and disguise what she believed to be her disproportionately sized forehead. After spending years heavily contouring around her hairline to try and make it look smaller, last summer Lisa decided to get a mullet and a fringe in a bid to hide her forehead. But this was to no avail as Lisa also suffers from a cow's lick. I feel her pain. I also have a cow's lick. <laughs> Meaning her fringe hair didn't sit right in her and that left her equally frustrated. After learning about a f- about forehead reduction surgery while browsing while browsing through TikTok, Lisa booked into a Harley Street clinic and went under the knife for the £8,150 procedure on Tuesday, July the 5th. Looking into the mirror after having the operation, Lisa was thrilled with the results of her cute little rounded forehead that she says makes her feel like a Disney princess. Lisa said, I, can, I honestly can't put into words how happy I am. It's so incredible. I feel like a Disney princess. Princess. I love looking at my appearance now. I have a cute little rounded forehead. I just can't believe that's my forehead looking back at me in the mirror. Lisa said she first became self-conscious of her forehead when she was a young teen and she was mercilessly bullied over it. She said, ever since I was 13 or 14, I came, became aware that the proportions of my forehead were a wee bit off compared to the rest of my face. I never liked how big it was and have never been happy with the actual shape of my hairline itself, not even just my forehead. My hair peaked back a lot at the edges. I always wanted quite a wee rounded head. It was just one of those things I it was one of those things I just ignored. But I did get bullied as a teenager. I used to have people making Photoshop edits of me and my forehead. <laughs> they used to edit the bottom half of my face onto the alien's head on the space radar crisp packets and say, Lisa looks like an alien because her head's so big. People used to always say, you've got a five head. Look how big your head is. Or you could land an airplane on that thing. Oh, at the time, it felt really hurtful. Uh, sorry, Lisa. I'm sorry for laughing, but, you know, <laughs> fucking genius. Bullies are just geniuses now. When I was a kid, all you got was your money taken off you in a doing when nobody was looking. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's um, uh, there's uh, old Lisa there. She's got a picture of herself right after the operation. She's got like a big massive bandage in her head, as you would expect, but also like a little blood bag like hanging off the side. It's rank. In that picture of her now, she's still quite scarred. I'm assuming that the scar will go away eventually. So yeah, so good luck to her. Apparently, they cut, like it said during the surgery, Lisa's skin was sliced open, her scalp was peeled back off her skull, and then stretched over her skull towards a new hairline. But then it's better to leave her looking like. So are permanently surprised because with that but then like kind of <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought that would like sort of pull up your eyebrows you know what i mean if they've kind of yeah, reduced so. that um yeah i suppose i suppose i know what they're I, doing you know these harley street guys i feel terrible for laughing at, at Lisa, and i'm so sorry you had to go through that because it must be terrible to have something like that and i I don't know what it is, but I just love the expression five head. I think it's fucking brilliant. And the the space reader comment is, is but I'm glad that you are happy now mm. with your, your forehead and that everything's good. Did she grow a mullet just to distract from the forehead? Is that the whole point that I, yeah. she's thinking people, people won't look at the front if I've got a 
fucking mullet in the back. If I go the full Billy Ray Cyrus, it will it will detract from my. Um, well, I don't know because I think a, a mullet has a fringe, doesn't it? Because it doesn't. It? I'm trying to think. It, it kind of comes well, down and no. I mean, of. a mullet's just it's business at the front, party at the back. <laughs> so it's kind of the whole. It's long at the back, but it can be short and spiky at, at the front. A mullet, if if you have a a classic mullet, I don't know. It's a strong look. Oh, yeah, that's a strong look. And um, at least, um, I'm really sorry for laughing at the Space Raiders thing. If you, if you saw my forehead and my hairline, you would know that I've got absolutely nothing to laugh about <laughs> anybody. I've got, oh, I used to love Space Raiders. Uh, pickled mm. onion flavor oh, yeah, Space yeah. Raiders were just wonderful. And these, like, what, 10p a packet? Yep. I, bet they're, I bet they're not now. Well, I don't know. I think I think the USP was always that they were they were affordable. Sort of, yeah. you know what I mean, um, so I think they probably are. I think you can still get them, but I think I'm sure I saw them in a supermarket in a multi pack when I was at home. I'll be home this time next week, so I'll I'll do some research. But of course, you're saying the the alien on the front. But when we used to buy them back in the day, it was like a a female mm. kind of space warrior so, that used to be yeah, on the front. She had right. like a big green hair type thing and then they replaced it with an alien i'm not sure why i don't know if that was to cash in on kind of like the x-files type because it would have been about then i think they, they changed it maybe toya sued them for using her or they just something without her permission you're right actually that's like a little bit like toya yeah toya the space raider we've all seen toya's space raiders if you look at our youtube channel i know um, what's all that about yeah <laughs> I, um, I saw one during a lockdown, and because she's married to the guy from uh, from King Crimson, I, I can't remember what song they were doing, but he was playing a guitar. She's on an exercise bike uh, with no brown, like pedaling for her life while singing along. It's like what happens when two old people get high off mushrooms. <laughs> make a, let's make a video and put it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh well i'm so pleased for lisa that her um it's all been resolved and she's, yeah. she's happy now with her forehead but then what did you say she got flowers tattooed she got on her yeah. hairline so now yeah. what happened what happened with those with the surgery have they been cut off no you can still see them um because yeah she's got the the sort i guess the kind of stem of the flower is kind of hidden by the scar but the the petals right. and the head of the flower is, are, are, are still visible and then she's got like a crescent moon tattooed on the side of her head just kind of between her ear and her right eye which must have been quite sore i imagine because there's not much okay. not much between the skin and your skull there wow there, so. so she really tried everything to distract from <laughs> it did yeah her, her, massive fucking crichton forehead sorry lisa sorry glad lisa. it's all happy now do you need the glasses Huh? I mean, you don't want glass going in your eye when some bastard stands in your face. Right. Sixteen Years of Alcohol was the focus of our 55th episode in September, following the life of Kevin McKidd's Frankie, a scar-loving skinhead. But he wasn't the only violent individual we met on that episode. My name is Frankie. And I am a violent man. I've gone down a bit of a violent route this week, Greg. Uh, both my stories are kind of related to a bit of violence in Scotland because I thought we hadn't had quite a lot on the Swally recently. And plus, it was just quite a bad news week, so mm -hmm. I had to get what I could get. So sure. um, this is from the Daily Record this week, and the headline reads, Scott jammed axe into pub table after rushing to defend wife like a man in a Hollywood movie. So this is about Christopher Tysall, 61, who is a man of unblemished character who strode into his village pub with an axe and jammed it in the table, 
before terrified drinkers um, and he's been spared jail. So Christopher, who believed that his wife Shona had been insulted, flew to defend her honour. It was Christmas Eve and the inn, the tavern 1851 in Stirlingshire, was crowded and live music was in full swing. The court heard that customers had been required to move to accommodate the music, and Mrs Tysell, who arrived earlier with her husband for a meal, tried to sit in a booth where a group of people were already sitting. One of the group, Thomas Irvin, objected to her presence, referring to COVID guidelines and protocol that were currently in force. After an argument, Mrs Tysell left the pub, went home, woke up her husband, who had gone home earlier, and told him about the row. Tysol, who trained youngsters in carpentry before working as a chef, grabbed the axe that he normally kept for chopping kindling and returned to the pub. Prosecutor Douglas Thompson said that he approached Mr Irvin, 43, with the axe in his hand and immediately began to shout and swear about the way he had spoken to his wife. He then told a shaken Mr Irvin, I'm going to chop, and then... and then struck the tabletop with the axe whilst the witness sat at the table in state. Next time, that'll be you. Uh, He added, A number of patrons were aware of the incident and other patrons removed Mr Tysall from the pub. Police were called to the scene and he was later arrested. Um, He appeared for sentence at Falkirk Sheriff Court, of course, and he pleaded guilty to breach the peace and having the axe as an offensive weapon in the pub on the 24th of December. His solicitor said that he only had one previous conviction almost 30 years ago for speeding. And he said he's a hard worker who has lived in this village for some time. He's not a big drinker. He'd led, until this, on Christmas Eve in the local pub, a straightforward and conventional life. He'd had that night three or four pints, though that was enough. He'd gone home, leaving his wife with friends and neighbours. He added that one witness uh, described his wife as being rebuffed by Mr Irvin in a manner that was insulting and provocative. Then added, as a result, she went home in tears. Mr Tysall lost control when she told him, and it's very out of character for him. He picked up the axe, which they used to split sticks at the back door, (laughs) went down to the pub, jammed it into the table, and had words with the man. (laughs) If this was a Hollywood movie, of course that would be an act of great worth and respect for his wife and a matter of honour. But of course, it isn't. And Mr Tysall has to face the music. Uh, producing a series of character references, they added that Mr Tysall was a worthwhile member of society uh, and well thought of in the community. And he really regretted that he had caused fear to all of those in the bar. Uh, the judge says, you took a weapon into a public place. Your judgment was already impaired by the consumption of alcohol. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Uh, no one there knew that you did not intend to use it. Events could easily have escalated. He spared Tysel jail, sentenced him to carry out 120 hours of unpaid work as a direct alternative. And he said, other than that, you're of unblemished character, hardworking, pro-social individual. With your training and skills in joinery, you'll be able to offer the community a lot via unpaid work. <laughs> Leaving court... Tysel ignored a reporter's request for comment. So his wife obviously gets annoyed that she's been probably asked to leave because I can imagine it's the height of COVID at that time. Yeah, She's in the pub. She's joined a group that she's not with and they've kind of been like, uh, you can't really be here because of COVID, you know. <clears throat> and she's gone home upset, probably a bit tipsy. It's Christmas Eve. He's just woken up. First thing he's thought is like, right, where's my axe? Gone to the pub. But <laughs> I want to chop. Comes in and just... <laughs> I'm going to chop. <laughs> what a line. I know. I, I, actually, his defence lawyer is fantastic the way he says, you know, if this was a Hollywood movie, he would be defending his wife's honour. Like it's like Rob Roy or something. <laughs> yeah. 
that he's just gone into the end to <laughs> avenge his damsel being told off for his <laughs> breaching COVID guidelines. Yeah, his wife being mildly inconvenienced <laughs> by the fact that she <laughs> by the fact she couldn't get a seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> well, he's defending her honour. Uh, so, yeah, but what a line. I'm going to chop and then just slams it into the table. Next time, that will be you. That's a... It feel, oh, if, what if, a legend. It feels like if they wanted to make like a movie about this incident, that that would be a good strap line. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to chop. Yeah, just like... That. But how, how are you going to make this into a movie? Like, so what's the, what's, what's the story like here? <laughs> His wife gets offended and he goes in with the axe yeah and that's it it's yeah. quite a short film you could like have like his wife is like she's, she's not like just asked politely to move like the Burniston um, bottle of ginger sketch you know what I mean you could just turn it into something okay. more but then like, the film poster would just have that great strap line I want to chop and just like a still picture of the axe and the pub table like, horrified pub patrons just out of focus in the background That'd be class. Yeah, yeah, quite good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting that. I, I'm still not seeing how you're going to extend it fully unless you go into the backstory of their home life. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I've, see I've got, I've, kids I don't have any ideas. I just want to see that film poster. That's all. Well, that's oh, okay. <laughs> like, you just want to see yeah. an axe in a pub table with horrified patrons behind. When maybe a, just a pint of yeah. tenants in the sort of the side half drunk paint a tartan special yeah maybe the maybe the, the paint a tartan special is actually falling on its side and we just have the tartan special pouring off the table beside the axe like the, fo- oh, the fo- be nice, force yeah. of the axe has made the paint fall um yeah you know and it kind of looks a bit like blood because it's you know yeah, it's dark, dark and tartan special yeah. so yeah. yeah foamy as well yeah uh, well, yeah that, that could be good actually i'd be an interesting poster i don't know about a film you know maybe yeah. a short i shouldn't 30 film. minute kind of if, episode yeah. yeah student film um i liked what the judge said uh you know you're about you kind of making a bad decision because your judgment was impaired by alcohol can you think mm. can you think of any bad decisions that you've made on the spur of the moment after you've had a few pints that you've thought many <laughs> i mean I, I, you know you you, you, you told you've, you've told one on the podcast before about uh kicking the football over into Patodri. Oh, that wasn't a bad decision. That was a great decision. <laughs> that was a brilliant night. Yeah. Um, try to get into to play on the pitch. But yes, looking back in hindsight, yes, probably a bad decision. Yeah, I'm sure I've made plenty of things that if I if I look back and think, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that when I've I've maybe had a few beers. But, but no, the funny it's thing all about part it and is parcel. The, the the funny thing is like making a bad decision because you've had too much to drink. Like obviously depending on what it is, but like, the severity of it, regard you know will we'll sort of inform. But like the, the next day you kind of think, oh fucking hell, well, I wish I hadn't done that. But have you noticed that yeah. with the passing of time, you're sort of glad you did because it's. <laughs> It's a good story. You know, it's something, well, something to talk about, isn't it? You know, as long as no one's I got mean, hurt and you've not, like, hurt yourself or whatever. One that immediately springs to mind is one night we had, um, I'd been out with a few friends, one of whom you would know, and, and it was a couple of his other friends, and we've been at Amadeus. We've got the Amadeus bus back up to Union Street, and they lived just off of King Street, I think. Um, and we were walking past, there used to be an odd bins at the end of Union Street, mm. and they had a big chalkboard outside like advertising all the the booze and i guess this should have been taken in at night but they'd left it outside yeah and i remember us passing it and going that'd look fucking great in your flat so the it was it was massive and heavy so the four of us picked it up and started walking up 
King Street towards the flat. All of a sudden, blue lights behind us, <laughs> pulled over by the cops. Where are you going with us, boys? <laughs> like, eh, we're just moving it. And so, yeah, took our, eh, put it back. So they followed us and we had to go and put it back and th- that was it. So right. yeah, I mean, regret that. Didn't like getting yeah. in- into trouble as such. Nothing happened. They didn't like even take our names and addresses or anything. But, you know, it, it was still like a, oh yeah, we shouldn't have done that. But again, it's a story to tell. You didn't like having to walk back up King Street to put the thing back. <laughs> well, yeah, it was bloody heavy and we we're nearly back at the flat. Yeah. So it was like, oh, really? You've got to go all the way back? Yeah. So yeah, to go all the way back, dump it and then, yeah. So that wasn't fun. They are heavy. I mean, remember when I used to work for Frankie and Benny's, we had them, you had to like sort of lug it out every morning and obviously, and mm. then take it in again at night. And they're, they're fucking really heavy, those uh, those old A-frame chalkboards. I wouldn't fancy carrying one down Union Street, I'll tell you that. Yeah, or King no, Street. But, it wasn't fun. Or, or any street. So, um, But why? Have you got anything that springs to mind of any drunken decisions or um, regrets yeah well yeah but i don't know that i would i don't know i mean i've, I've maybe painting myself in a bit of a corner i don't know i don't know if there's any that i know i'd want to share i was thinking that um i mean like if I, I've, I've told the story before about getting in the delivery cage on harriet street in aberdeen and getting pushed over yeah and falling and hurting my knee that was one that i regretted until my knee got better um i remember dropping somebody you know out of his window on belmont street a mutual friend of ours who used to live in Belmont Street above, mm. uh, I think it was above One Up or in that sort of zone. And he was, mm-hmm. we were in his flat and we were boozing. We'd been out. And we're, so we'd go back to his because everywhere was shut. And we were boozing and we were smoking some weed. And he used to like doing bridge swinging. He would be, despite the fact that he was a bit of a kind of boozer and a bit of a, bit of a, a, bit of a party boy back then, he's not anymore. He's, he's, he's very settled down now. But um, So he had all this rope apparatus, which he used for bridge swinging and for rock climbing and stuff. So he decided to abseil out of his window on Belmont Street. But we were, me and another mutual friend were holding the rope. And when he was about 10 feet from the ground, just let him go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he, uh, yeah, he hurt his legs and stuff. But he wasn't like, I mean, he was, he, he didn't go to hospital or anything, but he was a bit, he was a bit bruised. But the, the, the reason that, the reason we let him go was because like years before he had, uh, cheated, he had, the other guy that dropped him, he had, um, he had slept with his girlfriend, like, like the, the, the day before they broke up or something. So I, you know, <laughs> he, 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 he hadn't done anything to me, other, only that I found him an occasionally annoying <laughs> but otherwise it was all right but uh yeah that, that yeah that's that was a bad that, that, that was a bad a bad call that could be the second act of i'm going to chop that yeah. sounds like a i'm a going great, to drop sorry what have the <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be the sequel <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mr irvin ends up sleeping with uh with our uh christopher tysel's wife yeah and then he's abseiling out a window <laughs> in the sequel and he drops him um mm. i i never realized I, i'm aware of the story that you've told there yeah. about um the friend that lived on belmont street and I, I remember that happening but i wasn't aware that you guys let him go on purpose um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a, it was like I don't know what twenty five years ago, and yeah, it was fine. It was I think we both immediately immediately regretted it, or at least I did. I can't speak for our mutual acquaintance, and went down and helped him and helped him gather up his ropes and bits and bobs, clasps and things. And was it was it techno jock? 
Yeah, it was. It, Techno Jock yeah, was, yeah. was, it was, he was the one that instigated the, we should just let him go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Wonderful. Um, okay, well, I'll look forward to seeing I'm going to chop and I'm going to drop <laughs> hitting our screens yeah. sometime soon. <laughs> Maybe make a little yeah. radio play out of it first and see if it gets picked up on any commissions. Coming soon to uh, YouTube. Okay, coming soon to YouTube. Yeah, we can make a little animation out of Lego or something. What the fucking hoople? You are joking me. Oh, Miller, you've let the side down. Finally, in November, on episode 60, we delved into the BBC adaptation of the Ian Banks novel, Stonemouth. Also on that episode, we heard about a man who was rather upset with his Halloween decorations that he ordered. Ellie is none of your fucking business. This is, today is November the 6th. We have just had Halloween this week. Um, so this story comes from the Scottish Sun on the 23rd of October. Headline reads, Scott's dad left speechless after ordering Halloween mannequin and receiving racy item. <laughs> <laughs> so a dad ordered a, hol- a Halloween corpse for his restaurant and was sent a sex doll. Jordan McAllister, 38, bought an £8.99 mannequin on Amazon to transform his takeaway into a haunted house for the Creepy Festival. There's a picture of him looking a bit bereft. He's he's got the he's holding the sex doll up. For some reason, it's got a black bin bag over its head. I'm not sure what's going on there. Oh, I, I think I, I think I'm going to know why in a second. Okay. So the article continues, but he was left spooked himself when he found a naked plastic doll with a woman's face in the package. The Tofu Oriental in Gifnick near Glasgow holds uh, hosts a kids guising event every October the 31st from 6 till 9. Jordan said, I had ordered a Halloween outdoor decoration of a body in a bag, but instead... I got a full-on sex doll and a ti- <laughs> and a tiny bin liner. <laughs> when I inflated the mannequin, it had breasts. Wait a minute. So he inflated it. He, he obviously could tell what he had, but he still inflated it. <laughs> just, he's just been thorough, that's all. When I inflated the mannequin, it had breasts and an Asian female's face on it which might explain why he's put the tiny bin diner over the sex doll's head for the photograph. I tried to hide it, but my, but my son saw it and said, Daddy, what's that naked lady for? Jordan even called the police to report the incident, but funnily enough, was referred back to the cellar. I can just imagine the police like, fuck off, mate. He added, I was so angry. My husband was stunned too, but then we had to laugh. I asked for a refund and I flagged it up to Amazon. I had checked the basket containing the items my eight-year-old wanted and everything seemed fine. The corpse was listed as any Halloween decoration. Jordan said the mix-up had put a damper on his annual celebration. He added, dressing up the shop cost me £300, but I don't mind. We'll just need to get a plan B for the corpse. Uh, Amazon was approached for comment, but at the time of recording, have yet to respond. So... There he is, Jordan with his sex doll and his tiny bin liner. <laughs> so Jordan's bought a sex doll, got caught with it, and has come up with this elaborate lie <laughs> that has then spiralled out of control and now he's in the newspapers yeah. just because he was wanting to pump a little Asian sex doll. <laughs> like, let's face it, that's what's happened here. There's no mistaking that. I, oh, I, I meant to be a corpse in a, in a bin bag, yeah. but he ended up with a, a sex doll with a, a little black bag over it. Um, yeah, Jordan, um, 
I'm not believing this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Millions of people might have believed you, Jordan, but be it the culture swell, they think there's more to your story than meets the eye. <laughs> yeah, how does he, how do you get confused with that? I could understand if he bought it from like Wish or something, <laughs> but he's bought it from Amazon. You know, it's not like it's going to be mislisted as inflatable. I, I just love the fact that he like blew it up. Surely you'd have got it and you'd have looked at it before inflating it. Because you have to, you'd have to unwrap it and kind of flag it out yeah. so that it's like exactly, so that yeah. it inflates properly. Exactly. Yeah. And he must have looked at it and went, "Oh, this has got tits." <laughs> Rather than once he's inflated it, he's like, "Oh my goodness, it has breasts!" Like, yeah. uh, no, no, Jordan, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just so we're just in the process of blowing it up when his son when his sons come in and he's thought, <laughs> right, I need to think of an excuse really quickly. And it's because one lies led to another and led to another. Before he knows where he is, he's in the Scottish sun, <laughs> holding up a sex doll with a bag over its head, looking bereft and disappointed. <laughs> Do you remember that story? I don't think it was. Um, I don't think it was Scottish. So that's why maybe I haven't covered it. And it was a few years ago, and it was a story that was in the papers. And I think this meme does do the rounds on social media. And it's about this elderly couple who, like, they're in their 60s. And they were in the newspaper slamming Virgin Media, their TV provider, because they'd been charged, like, 60 quid for porn. Yeah. And it's the woman and her husband oh, yeah. sitting there looking <laughs> shamefaced. And the husband, it just looks like the guiltiest man ever. He's been fucking watching porn, <laughs> charged it, and then said, oh, it must be a mistake. I don't know about this. Uh, yeah, I think that's what Jordan's done. <laughs> So, like, I, I noticed that you were, you seem to know quite a lot about the process of blowing up sex dolls there. You were going into a bit of detail about how you have to roll them out and oh. so they inflate properly. I, I meant just inflating things like <laughs> pool toys, for example, or, you know, a blow up bed. I, yeah. I didn't mean about like, Asian sex, sex doll. dolls. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've never owned one like Jordan. I did buy a corpse in a bag once, but. Um, <laughs> Wasn't as advertised. <laughs> I sent away for a sex doll when I was delivered like a blow up corpse in a bag. <laughs> I, I always think there's, you know, there's something a bit tragic about sex dolls because I mean I've never, I've never been in contact with one. But I, you know, obviously they're supposed. I guess they're for kind of lonely guys or girls that maybe find it hard to meet somebody and you know and want to kind of basically just have like a posh wank, basically, right? <laughs> I always think it's oh, it's a bit sad, really, because they don't. I mean, they they surely don't feel anything like a human being, you know. No, I would imagine not, because it's it would be it's like latex, having <laughs> sex with a rubber ring, unless you like maybe put the contents of a pot noodle inside <laughs> first or something. <laughs> then, then maybe. I I always am um, the contents of a pot noodle after the hot water's been added. I hope. Just, just making sure it's not a Bombay bad boy. <laughs> like, chicken and mushrooms, the best. I would say. <laughs> Um, I always find it funny that uh, you would have uh, known this um, in Aberdeen, because of course Aberdeen fans, we are known as sheep shaggers, mm. and in a lot of the pubs in Aberdeen, there'd be vending machines in the toilets where you could buy condoms, and in some of the vending machines, you could buy blow-up sheep <laughs> yes, right. that were little blow-up sheep, and they did have a hole in the anus that you could um, <laughs> potentially stick a chicken and mushroom pot noodle in. <laughs> <laughs> I always find that funny. It's, it's the type of thing you buy when you're pissed. You're like, oh, I blow up sheep. And then you blow it up and fling it around the bar and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Fun times, fun times. Anyway, yeah, Jordan, I'm not having any of this. You yeah. dirty deviant. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I said the fact that he called the police. <laughs> the police, the police of like, 
What, why, yeah. what are you actually reporting here? <laughs> because this, this is when a lie gets too big. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I should phone the police. And obviously his husband's been like, yeah, you should. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to. Yeah. His husband's well, like, yeah. well, go on then. Go on then. Phone the police. See how, yeah. how far I, are you going to take this? Right, I'm right. I will phone your the police. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, the police aren't interested, so I'm going to phone the Scottish Sun. Well, go ahead. Call the Scottish Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play to Jordan actually He's yeah. taken that uh, as far as he can he's, Good on him He's styled it out as we say He's styled it out all the way <laughs> And he's even managed to get a little, adver- a little sort of free advert For his takeaway on the, in the Scottish Sun as well So, Well that wraps up the best of the new special for 2022 We hope you enjoyed it And we will be back in our next episode With a wonderful pop culture review And all the best of the news from Scotland I've got no idea what we're going to be doing on the next episode because I'm actually recording this before the New Year episode. But I'm sure Greg has picked something wonderful for us to do. Hey, why don't you download our New Year episode and you can find out what we're going to be doing on the next episode and then you can watch it before we actually review it. But in the meantime, if you have any new stories you've seen for Scotland or if you've got anything you would like us to look at on the Swally, then drop us a line, cultureswally at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at SwallyPod or on Instagram at CultureSwallyPod. We really enjoy hearing from listeners and we do get back to everyone and we do have a couple of listener requests coming up in the next year. So I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all the best for 2023 from both of us on the Culture Swally. So until next time, I'm going to leave you with one of my favourite clips from one of the favourite things we reviewed this year. Till next time. Hey! You wee shit! Nothing to do with me, sir. Big country code fan here. Hey. Take one of these. Dopest beats this side of Kilmarnock. Spread the word with the other farmers, yeah? Oh, beetroot. DJ beetroot. I found it. It's a lovely crop. No. No, as in, as in B-E-A-T. Beetroot? Root of the beet? Proper clever, right? DJ beetroot! Just forget it, man.